This is WCNY's The Capital Press Room, and we're turning our attention to foreign bonds issued by emerging market countries. And while that may not seem like an issue for Albany, state laws have jurisdiction over hundreds of billions of dollars in outstanding debt, and Democratic lawmakers are exploring changing those statutes to limit how much private investors are allowed to recoup when foreign governments default on their debts. For more on this legislation, including why the state has a vested interest in this issue, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Ron Deutsch, director of the left-leaning advocacy group New Yorkers for Fiscal Fairness. Welcome back to the show, Ron. Thanks for having me, David. Appreciate it. So for starters, why is it that state lawmakers and the governor of New York have any input at all into the rules governing outstanding debt from foreign countries? You know, I, I I guess I would suggest that people are really waking up to the fact that we live in a global community now. And what happens across the globe affects us here in New York as much as anywhere else. So I think the reality is people are waking up to that situation. And New York, quite frankly, is the financial capital of the world. So we govern and our laws govern a lot of the world's debt and the debt restructuring plans that are included in the New York Taxpayer and International Debt Crisis Protection Act are important because uh, they are going to provide relief to some of these countries that have been suffering so much from high debt that they can no longer continue to support their citizenry with the things that are desperately needed. And this problem has been getting progressively worse since the pandemic. It was bad before the pandemic, but now it's even worse. Well, getting back, though, to the root of the question, is it simply because New York City in particular is the financial capital of the world that our state laws have any sort of jurisdiction over debt of other countries? Absolutely. 52% of the world's private debt is is held by New York State companies. So you have private equity firms, hedge funds, banking institutions that hold this debt, and they are part of a kind of global debt restructuring plan that would basically require private creditors to abide by the same rules as public creditors. Well, yeah. Can you elaborate on the type of activities that you're hoping to address that private creditors uh, engage in when trying to recoup funding from countries that have defaulted? Yeah. So a lot of times what you have is you have these vulture hedge funds or private equity firms, as we affectionately term them, um, that kind of swoop in uh, and purchase debt from countries at pennies on the dollar oftentimes, and yet, you know, continue to demand full repayment uh, for that debt. Yet many of these countries are indeed suffering and they can't make their debt payments and we don't want to see them default. So oftentimes what happens is, for instance, the U.S. government and other public institutions, which are usually the, you know, the the leading debt holders, will basically say to a country, look, we need to reduce your debt. We're going to provide you debt relief. Let's say we're going to reduce your debt by 20 percent. Uh, so that you can then use those funds to help support the citizens of your country, whether that's anti-poverty efforts, uh, providing vaccinations, dealing with uh, climate change, things of that nature, that frees up the funds for them to do that. Um, So basically what this bill really does uh, is just basically make 
private creditors abide by the same set of rules as public creditors when it comes to debt restructuring. So not all of these uh, Wall Street firms are uh, going to like this necessarily. They've been pushing back against it. But, you know, the reality is that we all do better when we all do better. And uh, these folks would be well served to participate in a lot of these debt relief efforts. And you mentioned the title a little bit back there and the phrase New York taxpayers in the title of the legislation. So how are New York taxpayers impacted by this type of bill? Again, I think it gets back to the fact that we live in a global community. So when you have these supply chain shocks, um, when you have inflation occurring, um, when you, you know, we depend on many of these emerging nations for commodities, for energy and oil and whatnot. So it behooves us to help them and to provide debt relief in a way that they're able to restructure their debt and provide the needed resources to the citizens of their countries. And that, in effect, also helps address a lot of these problems that we're facing here in New York and in the U.S. So, you know, we're all beleaguered by inflation because we can't get the goods and services that we need. We're seeing rising prices of food and fuel all over the place. So, this would help control some of that. So you mentioned a scenario where so-called vultures come in and buy up debt, pennies on the dollar. But would this legislation also impact private creditors who negotiate initial borrowing deals with some of these foreign countries? It it would. I mean, I think you know, the reality is that they're going to have to abide by the same framework that public creditors abide by. So I think that they're they're just going to be able to um, make sure that a that that these countries are going to be able to continue to provide not default on their loans, um, which helps everybody. And in terms of setting the bar at the same level for public and private creditors, is it possible that by requiring an equitable burden sharing that instead of seeing private creditors get the same terms that might be a little more generous that public creditors have been allowing foreign entities to enter into will essentially see more stricter negotiation from public creditors urged on by these private creditors who are essentially looking for a a loophole in this law? I think the goal is to have the public and private creditors work together. Uh, No, I understand the goal, though, but is it possible that if enacted, a a way around this is for private creditors to push public creditors to be tougher on these countries and essentially achieve the same goal that they had previously? No, I, I don't think that would necessarily be the case because the way the law is written, I think that the the private creditors are going to have to abide by the same rules as the public creditors. And couldn't that result, though, in public creditors asking for tougher terms from these defaulting countries? Mm, I don't believe that would be the case, no. Okay. This also seems to remove an incentive for private investors to purchase bonds issued by emerging market countries. So will this make it harder for those countries to borrow uh, because they can't find people who want to get their bonds or potentially make them pay a higher interest, which could also promote default? 
I think they already are negotiating interest rates with private creditors uh, and that this would not change that too much. Certainly, you know, this was put in place in England um, and this did not result in a mass exodus of private creditors from England's system uh, and, in fact, provided to be beneficial to all parties involved. I think a lot of folks have been saying that, you know, New York companies are going to leave en masse and not do business in New York. But the evidence does not bear that out as what we've seen happening in other countries. And, you know, England is a financial jurisdiction. New York State is a financial jurisdiction. So we are well within our rights to set the rules for financial firms that operate within the state. Well, how would you gauge the effectiveness or success of something like this? For example, if firms were to begin issuing debt out of, say, Delaware, would that be reason to revisit this legislation? Or if public creditors did begin asking for tougher terms, is that mean trying to close sort of loopholes? I guess, how would you judge the, the effectiveness of something like this? I think I would judge the effectiveness uh, by how we are relieving the debt of emerging countries and how we are improving the lives of uh, members of our global community. Uh, and I think that, you know, the debt restructuring piece um, has been supported by the IMF and the World Bank. Uh, they know that this has to occur uh, because so many countries are suffering right now. So we have to make sure that many of these countries not only uh, avoid default, but thrive. Because, again, it, it just it helps us all when we all do well. Right. So we need to make sure that many of these firms abide by the same rules as public creditors. And um, will it be a difficult uh, battle to get this passed? Yes, it will be a difficult battle to get this passed. But it's uh, been moving in the Senate and the Assembly, and we're hoping that uh, it will con continue to move forward. Well, finally, you've talked about the idea of a global community and in an op-ed on this issue from the bill's assembly sponsor, assembly member Patricia Fahey decried the idea of profiting off the global poor. So where do we draw the line on that type of sentiment, considering how much of American wealth and our day-to-day -day lives are built on the backs of developing countries? Do we just need to pass this legislation and we can pat ourselves on the back? Or are there going to be more difficult choices that we as New Yorkers should be expected to make as part of a, a global community that you've talked about? I think that this is a very positive first step and it's something that's desperately needed. So I think, you know, having this be the first step um, in a process, obviously, that's going to encompass potentially uh, other legislation um, really makes sense. And honestly, we have to start somewhere. That is why we are pushing this legislation, because, you know, when you look across the board at the global community, um, so many countries are suffering. I see I travel to Uganda uh, numerous times per year to do mission work, and I can see it. You know, every day on the streets of Uganda, the suffering that occurs, the hunger, the poverty, this is something that we need to make sure does not happen uh, across the globe um, as best we can. So I think that, you know, there's a lot to do, and uh, but we need to take some first steps, and this is an amazing first step. 
But if this is the first step, what are the subsequent steps in this vein? And are some of them going to be ones that actually impact the day-to-day lives of New Yorkers, whether it means paying more for fuel, paying more for clothing, paying more for day-to-day commodities that we don't really think about? I think, you know, the reality is that if we pass this legislation, it'll help control some of those fluctuations in the market and actually hopefully reduce the cost of some of the commodities that we depend on on a day-to-day basis here in the U.S. and here in New York State. We're all seeing rising costs of, you know, commodities, and that is a result of supply chain shortages and uh, emerging countries not being able to get their goods and services to market or to generate sufficient revenue to provide and and, and produce those goods and services. So uh, by passing this legislation, you know, that's the first step that we need. But obviously, you know, we're going to have to, to look at different ways to continue to improve the global economic climate. Well, we've been speaking with Ron Deutsch. He is the director of the left-leaning advocacy group, New Yorkers for Fiscal Fairness. Ron, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. business agency or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.